that case here, trying to put a little something extra on the slider here. Sun comes out from behind the cloud, and suddenly we have sunshine covering the infield. A one-two pitch to the plate. Swing and a miss! He struck him out! He struck him out! He struck him out! Aggies are going to the College World Series! Well, howdy, guys. Welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. Uh, we've gone for a couple weeks, but we are back. Um, and let's just say an exciting time of the year for a handful of us and good times had by all. Um, <laughs> pretty. Yeah, we're still alive. Time. Yeah, We are still, still here. Yep. Yeah, uh, no, this- things have been pretty crazy, but everything's kind of kicked up right now. And, uh, we've, we've really kind of hit full stride for the spring. And we certainly have. Well, uh, my name is Rob White, fighting Texas Aggie class of 2014. And I am Roy May, fighting Texas Aggie class of 2015. Yeah, and, and I think we're going to talk a little baseball today, aren't we? I think we're going to talk a little baseball. We're going to talk a little bit of Olympics wrap up. I think we're going to touch on maybe some back end basketball. A uh, handful of different little yeah. things. There's a there's a, there's a lot to talk about. But I think first and foremost, uh, one cool thing that Roy and I have both accomplished: we both passed our real estate license exams. We both are now realtors floating out. Yep. In the world. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm working with the Megan Bog team and um, I'm, uh, I'm the investor specialist. So that's mm-hmm. kind of my jam. I mean, I do anything, you know, I do residential and everything, but that's kind of my area of focus. And in a college town with, you know, 70,000 students, yeah. I'm pro- pro- probably going to be a busy man. Yeah, no doubt about that. And meanwhile, I'm working with uh, Living College Station. I will be uh, they're primarily their transaction coordinator, but also doing a few things here and there. So if you guys happen to have any questions or concerns for either one of us, we would be happy to chat. Um, Absolutely. Mm-hmm, you bet. So uh, as we go forward, folks, uh, it is a very exciting time. Um, more or less my second Christmas after Christmas, <laughs> it feels like, you know, a lot of the time. But that being said, there's a handful of things about it that maybe just aren't quite where they need to be. And I think, okay. I think that's okay. something that yeah. will be discussed. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, okay. Let's, let's not, let's not blow the wad all at the beginning oh, no. of baseball. Let's, oh, let's no. touch on the other stuff. Let's touch on the other stuff first. Um, men's basketball. Well, okay. So we're going to do this. We're going to go men's basketball. And then we're going to do, uh, I want to talk just to touch a little Aggie softball. Okay. And then we're going to do the full deep dive on baseball, both, um, you know, games, uh, you know, some, some player stuff. Um, and I'm sure we'll have some atmosphere things to talk about. Yeah, um, if, uh, if Texas is any indication. <laughs> holy, yeah, holy moly. What a thread. Um, so, uh, so let's start with basketball. Let's and, start with basketball. And I think, um, it, well, it, I'm just going to start with this. I would be thrilled if we made the NIT. Right. Because I think, I think it would show progress. Um, I think if, if they can finish strong enough to get into the NIT, I feel like that will have been a good turn for the team too, as well. Coming off, what is it? Eight or nine uh, game losing streak. And then even though they beat Florida and then you fumble against Vandy, but then come back and really easily handle Georgia. Um, I, w- I was able to watch that game yeah. and, uh, you know, it got a little tight, you know, first half is a little tight. Um, you know, at the half, they opened up the lead at the half and then they came into the second half and, and, uh, you know, Georgia tried to hang around, but when you win a game by 14 points, that's not just 14, you know, free throws to the end of the game. Yeah. And so, uh, so it, you know, you have the little stumble against Vanderbilt, but I feel like maybe 
you know, if they can finish strong and if they, because they're going to have to pick up a couple of games in the SEC tournament, you know, if, if they yeah. want to play, if they want to play good postseason basketball, unfortunately, you know, outside of us winning the SEC, I would be shocked. I'd be shocked if we went to the tournament. Yeah, no, but, I, um, I completely agree. I mean, it's, it's going to be one of those things. I just, it, unfortunately, you can't have lulls where you're losing eight straight games. You, you oh gosh, no. Especially in conference play, you just can't do it. The the only sport you can do that in is Major League Baseball, and that's only because there's a million games in a season. But right. even then, like that's a bad night to go on. No, it absolutely is. And you know, as many games as you play in baseball, you lose that many people who have concerns. You know, it's a problem when you have games. You know, every oh man, three or four days. I mean, yeah. that becomes a bit of a problem over the course of, the, of a season. Much less if you're doing it in football, but. Well, yeah, you're talking about basically losing for a month. Like yeah. that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of what that comes down to. And what I will say in, in trying to be positive is the fact that they lost for a month yeah. and, and they still, and they haven't folded. They haven't quit. Um, which is, I think what we all expect out of a buzz coach team. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they haven't quit. They're still playing hard for each other. Um, and, and I thought the Georgia game was a great example. I thought, uh, the I thought the Florida game was a good example of that. I thought, Vandy, obviously they were still fighting, but they just looked like dog snot against Vandy. Um, because I was at one of my daughter's games and I had the A&M game on my phone and I was just kind of like, like, you know, looking down and catching it halftime and kind of in between the quarters. And, uh, it was like watching the same exact team. This is is my daughter's basketball team and the A&M men's basketball team. My daughter's in high school, Mm -hmm. uh, where uh, we don't rotate to open shooters. Yeah. Um, we take, we have a pretty poor shot selection, but oddly enough, the only thing that was keeping them in the game I was watching, and it was the exact same thing I was watching on the court, was free throw shooting, which is the one thing they're oddly not good at. Yeah. But they have been better at free throw shooting. Not my daughter's team. Not, no. <laughs> no, but no, A&M certainly uh, improved upon that, and that was the sole reason we won that Florida game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, we were perfect from the free throw line, and we won by a point. I mean, you go uh, – what's crazy is, so remember where we started the season, and we were, you know, before conference play, but we were leading all SEC teams and yeah. you know, three-point shooting and percentage and all that stuff. Um, and then, you know, we kind of fallen off a cliff, but – our free throw shooting has been getting better. I mean, honestly, when I watch us shoot free throws, I expect us to shoot at a 50% clip. I'm not kidding. I expect them to miss every other one, but it's, it seems like it's finally improving. And what's weird is, is it looked like they started to get on a roll playing on the road. So like, you know, shooting in a gym that you don't practice in every day, uh, but your free throw shooting gets better. But so then you say three point shootings gotten worse, but free throw shootings gotten better. Like, which would you rather have? Man, I feel like free throws are one of those things, especially down the stretch, which are just so damn important for the purpose so of the clutch. game. And they're clutch. And it's free points. Mm-hmm. It's free points that you just lay out there. Threes, that's skill. That is precision. But the deal is when it comes to free throws, there's nobody attacking you. There's no real effort other than you putting the ball in the damn hoop. Yeah, well, and the clock has stopped. So you yeah. have, I mean, you have the ability to put points on the scoreboard without any time running off. 
And when you think about free throw shooting, you know, you figure what well, you probably get to the line 15, 20 times a, a game in a kind yeah. of regularly called game. And, you know, if you as a team could choose 75 percent, you know, those are those are those clutch points. But the best three point shooting teams shoot what, 38, 40, something like that, maybe. Yeah. And that's like that's the elite three point shooting teams. Wow. So I if, if they can keep up with the free throws and then turnovers. Yeah. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Holy freaking moly. Yeah. So, but if just, they just got to finish strong and they've got to pick up, I think they've got to pick up two games in the SEC tournament to get to the NIT, maybe three, depending on what they do with what do we have, like a couple games left, two games left, like that. We have three um, games. Uh, we're going to be at, at Ole Miss, uh, at Alabama, host Mississippi State. I mean, all right, okay. I mean, yeah. So, with, I mean, if you a, go two and one, yeah. If you go two and one and pick up two games in the SEC tournament, I wouldn't be surprised to see them get the NIT. Yeah. Um, but again, like going dancing, like March Madness dancing, you, you yeah, gotta win the SEC tournament. Yeah. yeah, you gotta win out, which I, so. you know, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully they get it all squared away. Um, I was, I'd, I'd love to see them in the NIT. Yeah, and it's been good to see the women have picked it up a little bit too. I mean, uh, kind of down the stretch here. I know it, it was real, real tough stretch there. The way it all kicked off. But. Yeah, that's a that's kind of turned into a too little, too late kind of thing. Oh yeah, they're 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 just they're just bad, man. Uh, it, it's it's unfortunate, but you know you, you hate to see Gary's last year go like this. You know, at four and ten in conference, like. Yeah. But I mean, how often? I mean, how often do guys really, in reality, get to go out a winner? I feel like in almost every case, if you see somebody retire who had really high peaks, they almost always tend to fall off towards the end. They very rarely get to go out on a high note. Yeah, going out on top isn't. You know, yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. It's. It's just unfortunate, you know. No. Um, it, the, what I don't really get about them though is they just. I mean, the beginning of conference play was brutal. Um, you know, you drew out, what was it? Four straight, you know, I mean, Grant, you're talking about playing, you know, rank three, three of the four ranked teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but they like, they'll win one and they lose three and then they'll win one and they lose three. And then they had a little bit of a run, um, uh, at the beginning of the month, but I mean, you're on a three game losing streak and, and tomorrow you get South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a read, but I mean, it could be on the moon, man. South Carolina is number one in the country. And then you finish with Georgia. So it's, um, you know, they're, they're they're literally, they'd have to win the conference tournament to do anything. Um, yeah. Which so, is wild oh, to well. think. It's wild to think, but you know, that's, that's the way the sports go to. Yeah. It, it's wild to think that the tournament odds are better for the men, I think, than they are for the, is there a women's NIT? I don't think so. No, that there is. I'm going to look that up I right don't quick. think there is. I don't think there is um and that just goes back to that thing we were talking about before you know we had all these long-standing uh women's sports um tournament streaks that are just kind of taking a dive this particular year pretty wild there is a women's nit interesting i did not know that i haven't had to worry about that because we make the tournament (laughs) yeah right yeah yeah that's there you go yeah we never think about it right uh so it actually started, uh, what was it, 94 or 98? Yeah, it looks like 90, 94 was preseason. So 98 was the first time it started postseason. There you go. Interesting. Yeah, so it's a 64-team tournament. What do you know? 
Um, yeah, we just, you never had to think about it, right? No, never <laughs> once. That's crazy. Um, yeah, it's like if you if you're if you're a Houston Texans fan, you never have to worry about drafting thirty second in the first round. So, ouch, <laughs> ouch. Um, so, uh, apologies to our Texans viewers out there. Uh, just a little. Bit. <laughs> hey, you know what? Do yourselves a favor. Throw whatever money amount you possibly can at Tennessee. Get the Oilers back. Get the colors back. Re reestablish yourselves because the Texans ain't working. Why don't you just swap them? They like stealing teams anyways. They can have the Texans. Exactly. Why not? <laughs> Put them in the Tennessee Texans. <laughs> the Tennessee Texans and the Houston Titans, but the Titans of oil. I don't know. We'll come up with something. Who, who the hell knows? That's I, I, you know what? If, if the Oilers ever came back, I, I would give them a little bit of love, but the Texans oh, can. For yeah. sure. No, I mean, the Oilers, I mean, you, you can't argue with that color scheme, man. It's no, dude, the, the color scheme, the uniform material, the helmet is, it's an absolute classic. The like the song was great. It just it was everything was great about the Oilers. The logo is a freaking oil derrick. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, is seriously the only thing more Texan is literally the outline of the state of Texas. Right. Exactly. That's the reason why I love it. That's so good. So, yeah. What was it? The yeah the old Texans from the USFL that became the Chiefs. Um, speaking so. of speaking of, did you uh, catch up with? Uh, they're, apparently, they're doing the little draft coming up for. Yes, so the USFL is doing a draft. Um, is it the U? No, no, is it USFL or XFL? Well, it's USFL. USFL, and I believe I got. I think I got this right. I don't have it backwards. So what they're doing is it's it's a snake draft. Like if you play fantasy football, they're doing a yeah. snake draft. Um, and each round you can uh, uh, each round you can only draft a certain position. So like this round is only linemen and this right. round is. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. And what Avery Genesee got picked up um, by the, what are we, the Houston gamblers or gamblers? Yep. Yeah, coach, coach by good old Kevin Sumlin. Yep. Welcome back so, to uh, town, baby. Yeah. Word. But, uh, but yeah, I, man, and the USFL, XFL, I mean, I, whatever. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. <laughs> well, and you know, yeah, Trey Williams got picked up, and Dale and Matt got picked up. So, I mean, yeah, we've had a few Aggies going. Yeah, which is good for them. You know, get back and playing a little bit of football. Yeah, did I see on Twitter like today? Dale and Matt said he was twenty-five. God, uh, that make you feel old. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember Where's thinking. Recruitment? I remember that was like, man, there's that freshman who tackled two dudes on the same play. Yeah, <laughs> you know? he now blew it up. <laughs> yeah, and now he's got cheaper car insurance. So that's all we are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's crazy. All right, so I want to talk softball. a little bit about um, softball. Yeah, I do want to get into softball because your fight Texas Aggies are eleven and zero, Brochacho. Awesome. Yes, yeah, they have great they, start. They started the season great. Um, obviously, you know, uh, softball starts off with like those kind of classics and invitationals. You know, they don't start off in series. Yeah. So, um, you know, they, was it the Aggie Classic and the Texas A&M Invitational? Um, and obviously it's early in the season and I don't follow softball on a national scale. Sure. So when you've got teams like Pitt and Kansas coming in, you know, I, I yeah, I, I can't tell you if they're any good or not, but the reality is, is Aggie softball is 11 and 0. They've yeah, won exactly. all 11 of their games. Well, and in seven of those 11 games, they run ruled. Well, and not to mention, I mean, you went out here and you beat Kansas, you know, 12 to nothing. You beat, yeah, beat them twice, and one of them twice, you'd beat them 12 to nothing, 10 nothing over Pitt. 
Um, you know, you look at the rest of the schedule. I mean, yeah, you know, Sam, you beat him 13 6. I mean, you gave up some runs, but at least you're out there, you know, winning the dang well, game. I think, I think a really good gauge for us to figure out how this program is because one of our, oh, there's been so many problems with the softball program. I like the pitching has been tough because we just don't have enough, like, how we can't get elite arms here mm-hmm. is baffling to me. Right. And then offensively is, has been an issue. Um, and so uh, mm-hmm. this next week coming up with the Reveille Classic, I think um, is going to show us a little bit just because we get Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State's 11th in the country. Right. So, so you know, I think we come out of this weekend with a little better um, gauge as to how they are. Yeah, and sure. then um, – and then the following, I believe, yeah, the following weekend, they actually go out to California. They always play an invitational attorney out in Cali. Yeah. And um, and of the six teams there, uh, number six, US, UCLA, and, and number 22, Arizona State, are going to be out there. So, again, you got two weekends where you're going to get some games against some lesser opponents. Like, you know, you have Weber State, and we got Tennessee State and Texas Southern, which are teams you should beat if you're the A&M softball program that you're supposed to be. Right. Or, or at the point you should be. Um, and then the Oklahoma State, you got two games against Oklahoma State this weekend. Then you get one against UCLA and one against Arizona State. And so, you know, you figure those are four games that are going to give you a really good gauge on where we're at. Mm-hmm. So, and I, and I know they've got, um, uh, I believe it's Gracie Rebe, uh, had a had a brace on her um, um, on her wrist, uh, mm-hmm. just like get a little dinged up or something. So we haven't had the full allotment of pitchers, uh, you know, to to choose from for the circle. But uh, but I'm excited. Like I'm I'm really excited because let's be honest, there have been years in baseball a little bit uh, recently where you know we just kind of expect minus like if we have a big series scheduled in baseball, um, you know, we kind of expect to get to conference play undefeated. Yeah, you know? and, and the deal is, especially with uh, softball, you know, a lot of the time those tournaments that you do play, I mean, yeah, you get some decent opponents in there, but I mean, in reality, you also you get some. The- yeah, you get some. Let's get experienced, kind of opponents. Yeah, exactly, and that's why you play the Tennessee States and the LMU's and the in the Weber but, States. But what I love about this is they're getting all that. But then they're also getting the opportunity with Oklahoma State, UCLA, Arizona State. So I think it's it's that first weekend of, of kind of bringing in, you know, where it's the Aggie Invitational. We just kind of invite in some teams, just kind of beat on them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, they followed it up that next weekend, um, you know, with at least some name programs in Pitt and Kansas. Right. Uh, no, you know, absolutely. I, I couldn't tell you the lineage of, of Pitt softball. But um, but and then, you know, you're kind of building up to where this weekend you have Oklahoma State. You know, you still got the other games but you've got Oklahoma state twice. And then you build up to the next weekend where one you're traveling. So, you know, you get the, the new kids used to the travel and, and, and just traveling and, and everything that entails and how it changes kind of your weekend. Right. And then you also get two shots um, at ranked teams. Yeah. And, and pack 12 softball is fantastic. Well, no doubt. And the thing is so far on the, on the year, you've seen 11 games, seven of which have ended in a run rule. You know, right. I mean, that's a great indication of offense, obviously. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, pitching might be a, you know, may not necessarily be a strength at this point, but that's not to say that the girls won't potentially develop. Like I said, we don't really know because we haven't had a good barometer to figure out where we're at. We will this weekend and the following weekend. I think we will definitely know more about the state of this program going forward after the next two weeks. 
Yeah, I mean, we we don't know much because we you know these teams we don't know how they're going to be you know. But when you're playing teams that are ranked, they're ranked for a reason. You know oh, that preseason sure. ranking. It's um yeah it's it's, it's college softball is very top heavy. Yeah. You know, um so you know there are a ton of teams, but the reality is there's only about 10, 15 of them that have a legitimate shot at winning. You know, oh, yeah. winning a title. But to be able to gauge yourself against it, and you know, you still got Mackenzie Herzog in, in the circle, um, mm-hmm. and, and who's bad, obviously, is fantastic as well. Um, sure. And Grace, Grace Rebe, you're just, you know, it's just the get healthy kind of thing. Oh yeah. Um, because I really want to see her progression from last year to this year, and you know, it's just, it's just another year in the system. It's the maturity factor. It's all of it. So you know, yeah. another year in the strength program, all that stuff. So I'm excited for Aggie softball. Um, you know, and then you, know, you get into March, and that's when we start up conference play exactly so and it, that's where it's just the, like baseball it's a grind for softball too in the sec man <laughs> i would say rubber meets the road for both uh for both programs at that point because you know you're you're walking into two of the best leagues out there so uh hopefully uh we will see a good healthy season for the girls i hope they continue to cruise obviously um you know if we need we will come back and highlight some of the things that they do over the course of uh, the podcast. Um, we'll make sure to stick up with them and you know, potentially guests and whatnot if they want to come along and talk about it. Keep everybody in the loop. Should be fun. Yeah. It, what's interesting is, you know, with baseball, I think you can just absolutely 1000% definitively say that the SEC is the best conference in the nation. Oh, cool. no question. I mean, you have eight teams in the top 25 right now. Yeah. And softball is a little bit more parity across a couple of conferences because you have some strength in the Big 12 and you have some strength in the Pac-12. Yeah. So it's really – it is split a little bit, but but SEC softball is still completely insane. So oh, it absolutely is. I mean, like no other conference is going to be out there putting all 13 of their teams into the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, they, and we do that on a regular basis. So. Mm-hmm. Very, very uh, interesting. But, yeah, I mean, hopefully the girls go out there and just do what we think they can do and go rock and roll. Yeah, you know, I I, I want to see them, uh, you know, just get to the postseason um, and, and perform in the postseason. You know, I, I mean, you'd love to say that host a regional, but when you're talking about, you know, half the SEC is already going to be hosting regionals, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you'd love to see them get to a regional, plug some games, and get this program headed back in the right direction. You know, when you're not making the postseason at a university like Texas A&M and the size that we have and, and the expectations of fan bases, um, it, something's got to change. So this year needs to get – softball needs to get back on track and has to make a regional, has mm-hmm. to make a regional. And yeah. either make a regional and get lucky that it, you, know, you draw a good regional, a good draw for your team, yeah. or you play well enough to host a regional. So the, you know, that's that's where this softball program has to be. Yeah, I think the expect, even though the fan bases are smaller, the expectations for softball are no different than the expectations for baseball at AM. No, no. Just um, less people pay attention, but I don't think it's any different. No, I don't think it's any different either. Um, let's see here. Let's see. Um, so we can kick over to baseball though. Oh yeah. I, I was, so, uh, I, I'm chatting with Ryan Perez because he just sat down and had a conversation. I'm going to see if we can get some highlights from it, but uh, I'll definitely get into that when we get a chance. Um, but yeah, baseball, right? Baseball season's back. Um, and there's certainly and all a lot of time out there. In all its glory. Yes, it is. So 
Um, so it, you know, in honor full transparency, uh, I did not get to go to the games this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I only got to watch one of them. I listened to the other two on radio. Uh, uh, and then obviously, you know, I watched, uh, I watched Tuesday night. You did not make it this weekend. No, uh, you could, you could make it this weekend, but you did make the game last night. Right. I did I make Lamar. the game last night. Mm-hmm. Guess sure did. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about the weekend first. Um, uh, just kind of, you know, in general. Um, so I'm going to, what I was really excited about uh, was the pitching. You know, and that was something I was going to touch on. Yeah, I mean, you know, your starting lineup, I mean, you had Nathan Detmer, Micah Dallas, Ryan Prager, uh, who all kicked off this weekend for us. And frankly, from the across the board, I had no complaints about the pitching. I thought they did a phenomenal job. Um, I thought I thought Detmer was easily the best of the lot. I agree. Uh, Micah was, was good. Um, I think there's some control things he can work on. And, of course, the other kids, you know, is – I think he's a freshman. So, I mean, there's – there's definitely a lot of room for growth there. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, Sunday is one of those where it's, it's even really great programs. Sometimes their Sunday approach is always pitched by committee kind of thing. Well, and, and you want to really kind of test the waters and see who's going to do what, where, and how. And so, especially this early in the season, first weekend, you know, you're, you got to test the waters, figure out who's going to be that guy. But at mm-hmm. least as it stands, I mean, it certainly compared to last year, you know, one of the most important things you do, you went out there and you won three games. Yeah, yeah, that can that cannot be understated. The fact you went out and you didn't win the series, you swept the series. Yes, and I, I don't care if Fordham's good. I don't care if Fordham's bad. Baseball is such a fickle sport. Yep, that the ability to go out and win three games and real well now four, uh, win yep. four games. You know, and this is the take care of business part of the schedule that lately we hadn't been taking care of. Well, no doubt. And especially last year. And so it's good to see the boys went out there, did what they were supposed to do. Um, It was very clear and evident when I went on Tuesday, there's a different energy about the players of what's going on right now. And I know there's a a lot of people that aren't necessarily, um, I mean, we did lose a lot of pieces uh, yes. We had a lot of transfers come in. We had a lot of a lot of new faces. A lot of people that I don't know. Yes, but, I'm still. Yeah, I'm, I'm still learning. <laughs> oh yeah, we're, we're all still learning. I mean, like with the starting lineup, I'm like, okay, Logan Britt. Okay, I recognize that name, Ryan Targak. Okay, I know who that is. And and that's it. And, <laughs> that's yeah, what well, it feels like. Kali. Well, yeah, Kali Harrison, and I mean, there's and you know Brett Minich. I mean, there's a handful of names. That, that we do know, but overall, there's a lot of new faces, a lot of new names. And so it's been a bit of a learning curve from not only the players, but, you know, from the fans. And I will say, it's been good to see the energy from the dugout. It sure seems like the guys are engaged on every pitch. They're engaged on every single at-bat. They love what's going on on the field. There's a lot of excitement happening there, which going forward is going to be huge for us. Absolutely. And, you know, they always say, you know, a team takes on the persona of its manager. Yeah, I you know, do and, agree. So what, what you're seeing out of, out of the team, you know, even in the dugout during the game uh, is a direct reflection of how Schloss is running the program. Yeah. And I think it cannot be understated that he came in here with the mission. Uh, and that mission is to win games, go to Omaha and take care of business the whole way. I think that is the main focus. No doubt in my mind, but, you know, it may not happen this year, it may not happen next year, but soon there is 
the feeling that soon around, there is there's a feeling around this program that there's going to be good, healthy postseason baseball that matters. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And and continuous, you know, if that's one of those things where you, know, you look at like LSU is a great example. You build such a program, you get to the point where it's, it's like getting to a read. There's no excitement in getting to a regional. No, it's, there shouldn't it's, be. It's an expectation, which it's is absolute expectation. Which is what it was during the Rob Childress era. And a realistic expectation. Yeah, I mean, you make a regional. If you're a Rob Childress baseball team, you are making a regional. The expectation yep. will be under Schlossnagel that not only will it be regionals, but the focus is going to be like getting to the supers. And beyond the, the, the final, yeah, the final stop is going to be a lot more important. You know, how, what's, what's the, how far into this are we going? Regional, super regional, are we getting Omaha? If we're getting Omaha. So, but again, we're four games in. So let's, yeah. let's, let's put the O word on the shelf. Oh, for yeah. a while. No, it's um, fine. I'm, but, and, and I, trust me, I'm, I'm not a person that's out here like, oh my God, we're going to make it this year. No chance. I'm not saying that at all. But, well, I also, I also won't say no chance just because baseball. Right. No, no, no. It's like, what I mean is like, it's not, that's not a priority for me this year. A priority of me this year is seeing growth and change from a program standpoint from where we were previously in the last couple of years of the children's era now entering into the Sosnagel era. I expect to go, I mean, I expect to go to original. And that would be the first major step, you know, I think, I think back the, on the horse. Yeah, I think the probably my greatest expectation that I could have that's still realistic is to be in the discussion for hosting a regional. And you know, if we are within the realm of being in that top 16 in year one with a whole slew of new players, then we can start freaking out. I'm cool with it. And, you know, if we can find a way, yeah, I mean, I'm great. If we can find a way to host a regional around here, you bet your ass. I think it'd yeah. be, I think, you know, as, as a quick aside, something I thought would be really funny. What if, you know, we have a situation where it's like Texas A&M and then maybe like an SFA or a Sam gets to the point where they're like a regional host, but their stadium's determined to be too small. So they have to kick them over to Olsen. <laughs> We we accidentally host a regional. Well, I mean, it's it's what happened to Old Dominion, right? You know, they were you know they couldn't host because their stadium was too small, so they kicked it over to Columbia, and it screwed them over because it's not their ballpark. Yeah, and I hate that. Well, before we get into what I what I know, you really want to get into. Um, uh, I do want to talk just a, a couple things. One, I think there is a. A, a lot to be said for only walking three batters in a weekend. Yeah. Um, Pretty phenomenal. I think Trevor Werner is currently at an unsustainable pace for highlight reels. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't get I didn't get a chance to see him play on uh, on uh, Tuesday because he he had the day off. But yeah, everything right. I saw, he looked like a man on a damn mission. Yeah, he does. Won. Yeah, he literally looks like he's a man on a mission. Not to mention his dad loves talking with us on Twitter. <laughs> He's very interactive. <laughs> nice. I love but, that. Um, but so, but there's, there's, you know, there's one thing you got to go back to though. You know, what, 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 what plagued us last year, year four, 
What do we always talk about? What getting on the horse a little too early? What are you thinking? Lobsters. Lobsters. Yeah. Always it's lobsters. Wet, we always leave people on base. Always, always, always. Yeah. Hey, and lobsters. so, you know, so uh, last night you had seven. Yeah. You know, Sunday you had seven. Well, and, see, like, and and Friday you had 12. You left 12 dudes on base. You left 12 dudes on base and you won the game like 13, 13 you know, to 1. 13 to 1. So that tells you how many more runs you probably could have scored. Um, it's more concerning in a game like a Sunday game where it came down to a walk-off. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as concerning when you're blowing out an opponent. However, you would like to see better efficiency across the board. And maybe it's just – Early and the guys are still trying to kind of figure out the lineup and how to hit better and how to situation Turn it over and yeah yeah it it very well could be an early thing but then again we know what the problem is let's go ahead and fix it I I just had to I just had to bring in a little bit of negativity because I feel like I'm being too positive uh, that's all right uh, that's totally understandable uh, there are always there's always room for improvement right I mean that's something that. I've been taught from the beginning about anything that you do. It doesn't matter if it's being a musician, an athlete, anything that you do on this planet that requires skill, you can always be better. You cannot be perfect unless you're Tom Brady. Uh, even he throws interceptions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I got to be honest in a foot race. Uh, yeah, it depends on. Depends on a lot of different little factors there, but uh, yeah, I tell you, like I said it's been obviously it's been pretty exciting uh, getting back into kind of the swing of things. No pun intended for baseball. Yeah, that um, was really bad. That was that was quite bad of you. Uh, yeah, um, well, yeah, you know. All right, so so let's address the whole. Um, well, first of all, about a week week or so ago, it came out that the rifleman was going away at Olson, and. The collective of Tex Ags lost their shit. Yeah. Um, and I saw some some stuff about it on Twitter. Uh, and it turns out that the rifleman didn't go anywhere. No. Um, um, the, industri- the industrial bubble machines, mm-hmm. 100%. I'm a West Ham guy. I'm clearly 100% down with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think industrial bubble machines would be really cool. I mean, I'm down with that. I've said they should be shooting them out of the scoreboard for years. They need to have those well, bad boys hooked up. Well, apparently, apparently he added in some extra bubble makers at, around the stadium. Like, like mean, that was Schloss's call. I mean, I like I that. I think I think that's a good thing for sure. I dig it. I mean, yeah, yeah. Lean on the things that work. Um. Uh. But yeah, you, you mentioned Rifleman, and and the deal was, I got a lot of DMs. I got a lot of messages uh, from a ton of people leading up to and during the series, and then following the series about things that were kind of reflected within the atmosphere of Olsen Field. Now, I will go ahead and right from the beginning understand the fact that I do have a bias because I am an individual who regularly attends games up in Section 202. That's my regular spot in the games. It's where I've been going to baseball games for years. I can understand that there is a bias in that favor. However, I would like to think that I can approach this with a pretty fair way of kind of analyzing the situation. I know that Jim's slash Nagel came in here. And one of the things that he had said was he kind of wanted to establish um, 
kind of his culture across the board. And that was, and and that was something I had a conversation with, um, with um, Rick Hill, PA announcer about. Um, And so after entering the stadium and watching the game and being within the atmosphere, it felt like a really half-assed regional atmosphere at best. And borderline just dead at worst. And I think a lot of it had to deal with, honestly, a bunch of students who have never been to games at Bluebell Park within the sections of 202 and 203. It's not where they're used to being. They've been out in section 12 or they didn't really attend any games in 2020 before the shutdown. So you're talking about almost half of the student body who have never experienced any of this or more. So they don't understand any of that. And that's not on them. That was the situation as it was. Um, The problem, the biggest problem for me that I think plagues and it's going to go down in various different ways that people are going to discuss it. It's the fact that Rick Hill has had his hands taken off of the board. He is strictly a PA announce. He doesn't do any of the button pushing. They have a new full-time student intern that is doing the button pushing and she's not doing much if anything really that's so, weird to give to an intern yeah you know, I, I agree and so you have a lot of people you know i won't say myself included because i wasn't very vocal about it but you have a number of names of people who i won't necessarily throw in here but they made it very clear not only at the game but on texags and elsewhere that they aren't a big fan of that, which, you know, I don't disagree with their thought process. I'm a firm believer that uh, as we go forward, there needs to be some healthy dialogue about why certain changes were made. I think the most important thing to me is that you're, you're coming in here as a brand new coach, new staff, new everything, but we are still here. The old donors are still here. The people who have been paying money for years and years and years coming to these games are still here. I think it's very important to not, I think going forward, the most important thing for us is to enhance the atmosphere and not neuter it, not, not pull back on it. Would you say that is fair? Man, I see, here's my thing on this. And I've got a couple different trains of thought. And that's kind of the problem. Cause I can, I can, you gotta realize I'm not 203 guy. I know you're not, you know, I, um, but you know, I'm also not a huge fan of, you know, all the, all the seats behind home plate being empty. Oh, you know, it's, absolutely. you know, there's, you know, cause the, the big money donors, you could literally change everything and they probably wouldn't even notice. Um, yeah. So, when a new coach comes in, I understand they're going to change stuff, right? Sure. Someone came in, we did Kanye, we got the the dance team on the sideline or for for the like the game intro, and mm-hmm. so some things changed. Um, and uh, you know the yellow years were still there, but then like the game started getting scripted more and more to where there were you know a little bit less time for yells and this and that. Yeah. And the only thing I can say is that's not a decision, like. As far as the stuff that happened in game, that was not a decision by anyone on the football staff, except right. for like the intro music. 
Mm-hmm. That's an athletic department thing. Sure. And, and you have to realize when those changes have with someone with football, there were a lot of people that were hacked off. Sure. Um, and that was a different AD. Yeah, everybody that wants to say that Ross Bjork needs to keep his butt out of Olsen need to understand that you, know, you don't just go straight to that guy and be like, how come you're the guy that made all the changes? He hires a bunch of people to, to analyze his stuff, and the changes they come up with are based on, hopefully, some sort of sound decision-making process. Now, well, yeah. I will say, I will say the button-pushing kind of stuff, even Rick needed a couple of games to get into season form every year. I did well, notice that. Well, and, 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 and I will be fair. Like I said, me personally, I will be fair. Apparently... She was a lot better on Tuesday than she had been on the weekend because Rick was able to give her some pointers, right? So, like, after a one-two-three inning, it became an ABC one-two-three, right? Yeah, and, so – And she started so she's getting the hang it. of it. Yeah, exactly. So, she's getting the hang of it, at least. So, right. while, it, while there have been changes, some of it's just growing pains with different people trying to do – some of the same stuff let's see yeah exactly um so so, and and i get it and but you and i have had this conversation off you know offline before it's there comes a point and it's just because you know you just can't have nice things in life right because people take it too far yeah there have certainly been points when 203 has needed to pipe down a little bit because they got to the point where it was look at me and not the game and well, you and, talked about this. Well, no, we absolutely have talked about that. And, uh, you know, I will admit, you know, especially being back for the first game, um, you know, especially like first inning, like I, I really kind of laid into it. I'm like, you know, I haven't been sitting in this seat in two years. I haven't had a chance to really do what I do for two years. So, you know, I kind of let it rip for a minute. There are, you know, obviously jokes that get to a point and there were some guys sitting up with us that, you know, whether they're relatively new or not, maybe they're a little more off as far as the type of jokes they do. They're a little, maybe a little too PG-13 for what they need to be, you know? Not in keeping with the family environment. Right, exactly. Because when I think about heckling at Olsen, right, I think that it needs to be attacked from the approach of this is the Sandlot. You know, yeah. like, like, you know, little chippy, you know, you, you, eat your mama's toe jams, you know, whatever little stuff like it's, that. It's so dumb that it's effectively funny. Right. Exactly. Like you would think, wow, that's really, I can't believe they made that joke. That was actually kind of funny though. That, yeah. That actually wasn't bad. Right. And, yeah. and that's kind of the focus. That's man. That's going to be a raging debate all season long. No, it, it absolutely is. And the thing is. A couple, and the biggest issue has been there's been a lot of tweets at both Ross and Sloss on Twitter. I have not been involved in those tweets. The last yeah. time that I was involved in any of those particular tweets was last year when I was sitting in out like way in the outfield and saying, man, this kind of sucks. Really wish we were back where we were supposed to be. And Ross did keep him with his promise, and he allowed people to get back in the stadium into those seats and not just turn those into chairback BS seats. Yes, yes, he's yeah, absolutely. And I, I appreciate that he did that. Well, and I just what's crazy to me is 
it went from zero to bash on Ross Bjork in like an inning, you yeah. know, and, and, and I think I, I like Ross Bjork. I like some of the decisions he's made. You know, and, I agree. And the reality is sometimes Aggies push back against change that needs to be made. Right. And I think there's a lot of change that has taken place, which I think is perfectly fine. I don't have an issue with. And I think there's a lot of different little factions, which, you know, within this section alone, and the people that sit up there that have gone multiple different ways, they're the hard liners that are like, we don't want the dance team on the dugout. We need Rick back on the buttons. You know, everything that was before needs to be as it was. Don't change a thing. If it keeps up like this, I'm getting rid of my tickets. Well, I mean, literally, there's been a no, number. No, yeah, I've seen it. There have been like, a number of people. Yeah, it's crazy. And then, you know, you know friends like you know, Ryan Evans, I talked with him yesterday. And one of the things he says is just, frankly, he doesn't care that much to make a big deal about it. And that's fair. I'm kind of caught in the middle somewhere because on the one hand, I think that there are changes that can absolutely take place. I still think that Rick needs to have at least a hand in or should be able to help out more effectively the girl who is in charge of the buttons until she's up to speed and, until I, she's know, that's up to speed. and, and maybe you know, that's what they're doing. And that, that's that kind of slipped through the cracks and they got into the Fordham series. And Rick was like, you know, I never really told you exactly how to do this and how I do it. Did I? <laughs> right. No, and, and, and like I said, Rick and I talked about it and you know, it's just change is inevitable in these situations and you can either ride with it or not. And the fact is there's a couple of members of the section who are very vocal individuals who will be meeting with Jim Sloshnagel today at six o'clock. And they're like in-person meeting. Huh. And apparently they're going to voice concerns because of what was going on on Twitter. Um, apparently Jim had discovered um, you know, one of the individuals who does a certain action at the games uh, discovered who he was, contacted him, reached out and said, hey, what can we do to kind of alleviate the nasty tension that is so going Schloss on in this ballpark? So Slosh initiated it. Yeah. Well, that's going to be encouraging for the two or three diehards. No, I, I, I agree. It's like, he's like, what can we do to diffuse the issues? What can we do to identify what the problems are and how to fix them? And because especially like I said, it's almost kind of feels like, Hey, we're getting off on the wrong foot kind of deal. What can we do to make things better for all involved? Granted there's folks that, um, you know, I've heard say, people say, yeah, we don't want the dance team. We don't want this. I've heard the logic behind each of the decisions that have been made, at least up to this point. And I hope it's a dialogue that is more along the lines of, Here's why we changed, but we understand that what you guys do is important. So let's come to a compromise. And it's yeah, not it, it, versus you, you know, whoever's out here telling Sloss what probably needs to change. It's like, well, I understand what you're saying, but we're still doing it this way. And that's yeah. what, and that's what a lot of people are worried about is that like me personally, well, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. How everything was, you know, is, well, will not be, but, but I, 
to go back to you know how it was right that's that's the quest for a lot of people and for some people it seems to be literally their main focus in life right now is everything has to go back the way it was um my take on that would be one you you said it i said it changed inevitable yeah. Right, there, the things are going to change. And when a new coach comes into a major program, he's going to put his stamp on that. And not all of that is just between the baselines. No. It's not just between the dugouts. Because you also got to remember, you know, he's talking about uh, facility upgrades and all this yeah. other stuff. So, um, which I think will be fantastic. Oh, um, absolutely. It will be. But, uh, but with change comes good and bad. And, <laughs> But I think you have to absolutely be encouraged by the fact that given he was the one that initiated, he went out of his way to figure out who this person was, contacted them and said, hey, let's sit down and meet. I mean, at least he's listening now how that meeting goes. If they walk in, he just sits there and nods for an hour and he goes, "Okay, thanks. Have a great day. You know, if if he's just humoring them, that's one thing. But if he's actually trying to embrace it and from everything I've seen from him Mm -hmm. since he's been here at all, and this includes going to bonfire, all that other stuff. He's doing everything he can to embrace AM and and our culture and what we do. So so maybe he made all these changes not realizing that, you know, when you play at, or when you play at Olsen, you know, two, three times a year, maybe, you know, every other year or something like that. You know, it's you don't get the full kind of concept and environment of 203 as opposed to seeing it every day. Well, and that was something that Jim that we actually had that I had talked about was, you know, this is he has only ever experienced Bluebell Park from the lens of a regional. And in, in, in the lens of a regional, there, we don't get the true advantage that we normally would get in the situations with, with the sound bites, with the, with the interaction with the booth, you know, all the things that we would love to see come back. Uh-huh. I mean, me personally, like I said, I agree. Change is inevitable. What will happen will happen. Is that going to deter me from going to games? No. Gosh, no. Absolutely not. I think the one thing that is, man, they have to figure this one out, though. The only thing that is just drawing, like making me beat my head against the walls. In fact, mm-hmm. we, the war him happens four times in a game now. Well, I mean. And that's so yeah. much war him. I get <laughs> more war him. Um, well, I and again, I haven't been so everything I've heard, but it has been on the SEC plus. So you know, the broadcasters no commercial breaks. Yeah. You know, you you see the stadium, you know, and hopefully they turn the mics off you know, yeah. for the announcers. But yeah. um, so you know, I, you hear some of the music. Um, uh, I heard the war hymn and you know the war hymn in the ninth, and then the war hymn in the first. Yeah. What are I the don't... other two war hymns? So here's the deal, right? The guys who are running this thing, they want us to continue to do the Warhammer pregame like it has been done before during the pregame, which is when we normally do it. Right, in the ninth. Well, no, no, in the pregame. Right, pregame and the ninth. Yeah, pregame and the top of the ninth, right? So, yeah. so what happens is we go out there, and while the music is still playing, we stand up and do the Warhammer. Right. And then they do the Warhammer again after the first and then do the war him again at the top of the ninth, and then do it post game when the huh. team wins. Well, yeah, and it's huh. just so much war him. And I think the worst of it is for me personally, it's the slowed down recorded version of it, and not the one that's been recorded specifically for Olsen, which was a lot faster and kind of cruised through. 
because there is a Warhammer <laughs> recording that we've had for years, which is like, da, 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 da. like it's really quick and it keeps the energy. <laughs> See, so based on the recording, and like I, I never flipped the game on like ahead of time. And SEC Plus, I normally won't, you know, do a ton of pre-game or anything like that. I just assumed that the pre-game wore him had been moved to the first inning, because because my thought on that was, because my thought on that was, you know, that's not bad. Then everybody's there. You know, instead of doing it pre-game, I got because that was my thought just watching it, you know, through Mm -hmm. SEC Plus. Well, so, so, because if you've, you've been games, you know, typically what will happen is they'll do it pregame. The guys yep. line up to do it before the game starts. Yep. We yep. go in and we're just, we're off and away. We do what we do. And then yep. we do it again, top of the ninth or going into the bottom of the ninth if we're trailing or tied. And then we go from there. I mean, it's just, that's the way that it's always been done. I will say I thoroughly like the idea of the team coming out and doing it after the game with everybody. But it was awkward last night because everybody left. Nobody's used to it happening. No, yeah. The game was over. There was like maybe a couple dozen of us left up in the upper deck. And it was just kind of like. So really, so, and this would be something that you could tweet at Ross Pure. Hey, how about we just do the pregame war him? And then instead of doing before the ninth, why don't we do the war him with the team post game? And as people realize that's what's happening, people will stay to do the war him. Well, yeah, no, it, it's just, I think a lot of it, it's adjusting to change. We've talked about it, right? It's adjusting to change and I'm, I'm okay with it. It's just, it's a lot of war him. <laughs> it's just a ton of it. He's sitting on that planning committee and they're like, I don't know. How much war him do you think? All of the war him. All the war him. Well, no, hold on. I want to make sure that you heard me. I want you to bring me all of the war him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ron Swanson, ladies and gentlemen. It's it's, it's just so much war him. It's so much war him. But, you know, but... Uh, that's well, I'll check that up as statements I never thought I'd hear in my life. <laughs> that's so funny, but uh, but, but yeah, I, change aside, we're four and oh, man. Change aside, <laughs> we are we're, we are four and oh. There is dialogue taking place, which is great, and you know, I think overall, it's I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that winning cures all ailments, so we will be okay. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that applies to 203. Well, it, it doesn't apply to a lot of it for sure. But I mean, hey, it, it'll be fine because guess what? If we do end up winning the national title here in the next couple of years, it's not going to matter. Yeah, nobody's going to care if we do the hokey pokey. Um, <laughs> that was yeah. not a suggestion, by the way. But you know that this is the kind of hard hitting stuff that that people like Rob bring to this podcast. See, oh. you, now you know about that meeting happening happening with Sloss and some two or three members. I didn't know about that. Yeah, so, that was that's it. That was a pretty, uh, I'd say pretty pretty quiet inside thing that everyone's gonna know about, but that's okay. Um, well, all seven are listeners for sure. Oh yeah, but like I said, it's one of those. It happens. It's gonna be what it's gonna be, and you know, control what you can control. Enjoy what you can enjoy. Go out there, go to a baseball game. The guys are still gonna be sitting up there. They're still gonna be heckling. I'll be there for Tuesdays. That's gonna be about it. But you know what? Yeah. It is what it is. Go out there and have some fun. Break some eggs. And hey, make your way over to Davis Diamond every once in a while. Absolutely. Go check out Davis Diamond. Guess what? The boys aren't playing at home every weekend. That's right. The, the girls absolutely deserve your support. They're Aggies. Um, Davis Diamond is beautiful. Yeah. 
So, so yeah. All right, man. Well, I gotta wrap it up, man. I got I got all kinds of work to do this evening, and I got bowling, so I gotta get a cran in for bowling. I'm a busy man. That's fine. I'm finishing up uh, little tidbits of my house, so everything's going. Yes, congratulations, congratulations to Rob the Slapper on moving into his new home. I know. So you can check it out. I think I believe you posted it on Instagram. If you want to creep on us a little bit, yeah, it's on Instagram. If you have me on Facebook, it's on Facebook. Uh, Of course, algorithm really blew that one up, so everybody saw it. But that's always good. It's it's exciting. It's just good to be, you know, like I said, it's been a yeah, long Make sure you process. blur out that address. Oh, yeah. Well, the, yeah, you can't see mine. That's always nice. Uh, <laughs> but, but it's been good. I'm just, I'm happy to be where I'm at. And it's time to really kind of lock it down. So we got real estate and we're playing in Oklahoma this week. So highly doubt any of y'all will see us, but that's okay. Yeah, well, we might have a random listener that lives in Oklahoma. Yeah, we're playing in Stillwater and Yukon, so... Going up to the Pokes, part of the universe. Hey, you're going to you're going to Stillwater, and their softball team's coming down here. That's right. We're going to trade spots, so they're going to be. There you go. I'm excited about going to Stillwater, though. Uh, Tumbleweed Classic Venue. Garth Brooks played there a bunch, so excited about yeah, that. Yeah, that's really groovy. Well, I will say, everyone, please be safe with this winter weather going on. If you're listening to us anywhere north of us, basically, I know you're kind of dealing with some crap weather. Uh, we're getting lucky with the precipitation here. Oh, yeah. But, and, but, uh, so hopefully that, I think it clears up by the weekend. But, um, yeah, but I hope everybody's staying warm and safe. Absolutely. And, and, uh, sh- and con- sort of- yeah. Yeah. Continue, continue to, if you're in Aggie Land, go to baseball, go to, go to softball, and there's a little bit of basketball left to go to. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, be sure to go follow Roy May 15 on Twitter and Rob the Slapper on Twitter. Um, and obviously any updates that we do hear about as far as atmosphere things, if that's something that you're interested in, I'm sure there will be plenty of posts both from here and on the 203 official. So, and yeah, if any of y'all, if any of y'all out there are listening and uh, you go to this, to the home series every week, Every week, every weekend you go to baseball or, or every weekend you go to softball and you would like to help us out. We're, we're looking at a little addition, possibly yes. uh, something short and easy, yeah. um, but uh, looking for somebody that's at the games, um, you know, and, and can give us a nice little kind of a run back. So reach out to us, um, just shoot us a DM, either one of us, or you can just shoot it to the, to the red ass podcast. Yeah. Um, and we're looking for, for a little help for people that, you know, not just go to the games, but, you know, little reporting you know watch the games and and you know can 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 give us some good solid feedback so we would love to bring you in the fold if you would like to uh if you would like to do that so other than that i got nothing brother yeah it's all good and likely that will extend over to football as well so we've got a few different things that we're looking at potentially doing um yeah football i think we'll probably have on lock but um getting ready for football season we're we're gonna have some other stuff kind of in the in the shoot for football season but yeah for baseball and softball if you go and because you really enjoy baseball or you really enjoy softball and you watch the game you actually watch the games um get in touch with us we'd like to we'd like to maybe pitch an idea at you to help us out you bet. All right. So everybody be good. Stay safe. Stay warm. Uh, yes. we, we will catch you soon. Beat the hell out of Penn. Beat the hell out of the Reveille Classic. Classic, yeah. And and you know what? There's never too much war him. Gig him. That was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all.